we realized that maybe casting directors or producers or the directors don't even know concretely what the show's going to be or who they're going to cast or who they want. You have to come into the room and give them something that can spark an idea. Hey everybody, this is Cameron Albel-Brannigan and you are listening to the Cameron AB Show. In this episode, I'm talking with my friend Corey Lingner. Corey is a Broadway performer as well as a tapper, singer, dancer, and just an all-around talented person. In this episode, we talk about everything Broadway, we also talk about audition nightmares, and as always, advice for any creative at any level in the field. I hope you all find this entertaining, and without further ado, here's my talk with Corey. Uh, Corey, why don't you talk a little bit about who you are and what you're all about? Sure. Uh, my name is Corey Lingner. I was born and raised in Indianapolis, Indiana, and uh, gosh, I feel like I have been performing for as long as I can remember, but I, I perform for a living. It's uh, what I do. Um, and what kind of performance do you do what kind is it uh primarily theater um that's the the main thing but um i started my very first thing i tried was uh a tap class when i was four years old (laughs) and by the way and by the way for all those who are listening Corey is an amazing hoofer like I'm, I'm just, I gotta be honest with you. I took a couple classes and then I see what you've done. And even though you've been doing it since you were four, like it's amazing even getting to that level of hoofing. Oh gosh, thank you. I remember, I remember growing up and watching Savion Glover um, perform. He would take tours and come through Philly. And I remember just, how does he get so many beats in a sec? Like, how does he do it? And, you know? Yeah. I, I mean, it's Keep true. Going. Him yeah. and uh, another big influence on me in terms of just wanting to, or be, I was fascinated with the, the idea of tap was uh, of Michael Flatley, actually, the okay. famous Irish dancer. And I had VHS tapes that I would watch of River Dance and Lord of the Dance and talk about a guy who would be able to create so many sounds in a second. I just found it so exciting to watch and he just commanded the stage and all of that. So he was a big influence early on, but. I just remember the hair and like the deep V-neck and the. <laughs> <laughs> the shoulder breathing. I loved it, I loved it. Oh my God. So now you're primarily a um, Broadway. That's yeah, yeah I, I made the transition from just being a dancer into the uh, realm of musical theater. Yeah. And it's been quite exhilarating. <laughs> so for, for those who don't know kind of tell us a little bit about like the lifestyle that um like a broadway performer would normally kind of have is it kind of like you know you know like a like a season or is it all year round or how much are you hustling and what's the auditions like so like uh, it's, yeah. a big, it's a big question but like just for sure and we can just dive right into yeah, it go, um, into it. go into it yeah it's I, honestly, it, it depends on what where you're at at that moment, but um, the hustle is for sure there. And if any of you that are that are in New York or have visited, um, there is an energy there, and you are on the go. And especially in the arts and in theater or anything like that, energy that that's are, that's that's the main are, yeah yeah full full force going moving forward full on straight ahead, but. Um, the audition seasons, primarily in New York, uh, the big waves um, have been in the fall mm-hmm. for any shows that are about to open up uh, in that season or um, late winter, early spring. So that uh, whether it's a show opening in the spring or primarily a lot of summer regional shows that the regional theaters will put on um, summer shows, they'll audition then and they try to get all their shows cast and whatnot. Um, but yeah, it's. And it also affects too if you are someone that's represented with an agent or a manager, which thankfully uh, I have an agent that I've been with since uh, I graduated college um, and they've been very helpful to me. 
but then there's other folks that might not have an H&R manager and have to just look online, whether it's on playbill.com or backstage or um, going to the equity website and trying to find those auditions where they think, oh, well, this is happening today. I can maybe squeeze in this, this call, this call, this call. And then also if you are a member of Actors' Equity or not, that also affects the probability of being seen, which is another hard thing because there's oh, yeah. a lot of folks that do love theater and want to be a part of it. So that's, that's where it gets really tough. But um, yeah, I, I've, since moving to the city, there's a lot of uh, auditions that I've been to. Um, and then once you get that show or once you get something like a Broadway show, um, the, the scheduling feels different. You're obviously, you get into, whether you are starting with the show, which we can even dive into this too yeah. as well. Um, all of the shows I've been a part of have brought a unique experience of the theatrical uh, way of life uh, that we can get into. But whether you start with the show from the very beginning and have rehearsals with the entire company in that format, right. or if you're a replacement, where you are just one person that's filling in for a slot that's just opening up so that you are in a much more um, contained uh, setup where it's you and the dance captain or the associate director just in a studio and then you get put on stage, we call them put-ins, where you're just like, here you go, let's see if Thrown into uh, the fire. you are in the environment and then you're on. Um, <laughs> so it, you kind of have to really just go with the flow and see how it all works. But then um, once you're actually in the show, we uh, go through what um, the norm in terms of Broadway is the eight shows a week schedule. So there's seven days in a week, but we do eight shows. So it gets pretty, uh, pretty taxing, but the you just gotta, days, yeah. It's not, 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 not a good day. <laughs> yeah. not a good day. Um, so you just have to, and everybody's process is different, but you just gotta truly um, do what you have to do because your body is your instrument in yeah. this art form. So you have to yeah. kind of, do all of the maintenance in whatever way you can. They'll, depending on the show and who it's producing, producing it, they will provide certain things like physical therapy at the theater to kind of help. And this is not just for more dancer performers, but also vocalists that need um, muscle relaxing techniques on their uh, muscles around their vocal cords and all of that sort of thing. So there's that, but then, yeah, people will, try to cross train by taking other dance classes or yoga or Pilates. Um, there's also different forms of trying to treat your body, which for me, actually, after um, my, after, what show did I start doing it on? I believe it was Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. <laughs> and we can definitely get into that show too. Yeah. But I actually discovered and have been now a huge like advocate because I really found it very beneficial to me particularly um, is cryotherapy. Oh, which, um, if you're not familiar or if yeah. the watching or listening aren't familiar, it's where you literally get into what looks like this tank uh, contraption and you stand in this thing and it almost looks like dry ice because it has kind of smoke in it, but it gets really, really cold and you're only in it for three minutes. But after you're done, it's, the most immediate like anti-inflammatory um, helping with any kind of soreness or inflammation that you're struggling with. And uh, I've just, it really helped me get through those eight show week schedules. <laughs> wow. Now you mentioned something um, talking about energy and for anybody who, who doesn't know the kind of uh, people who, who kind of thrive in musical theater and Broadway, you have to have a ton of energy. Yeah, I I remember I remember, um, because I've I've done a, f a fair number of uh, Broadway calls, and I remember seeing you know you always see like the same group of people at every single audition who get you know, <clears throat> some stay the whole way through or some partly, but it's still the same group of people, and mm -hmm. I don't know what they eat for breakfast, but. <laughs> there's something in those pancakes that they eat because I can, I, because 
you know, I, I, I have a lot of energy and I have a very, you know, a systematic way of pr- going through the day, but it was just like at 200% all the time. Yes. And especially if you're going to do eight shows a day, you need to have that kind of energy and that kind of frequency. And I, I, it was kind of part of the reason why I didn't want to really dive into musical theater because I knew who I was. Mm-hmm. And, you know, being a ballet dancer before all this, I, you know, I would have, be doing Nutcracker. And maybe I would do five, six shows a week. And that was like, oh, I, I can't wait till this runs over. And then doing eight shows, being 200% all the time, I did, oh, I, it, it wasn't for me, but, um, you know, I know a lot of people really love it. And the thing that I really did not like was that whole aspect that you just talked about where you could go and, you know, take a bus and wait outside for a dance call and be there all day and never be seen. Yeah. Um, I I remember when I first started going to some Broadway calls, I wasn't a part of any union and I I forget what show it was, but I guess it doesn't matter. Um, (laughs) It happened to me and I was there for 10 hours and I wasn't seen. Uh, And I was uh, like, Oh, Oh, you're not looking at non-union. Oh, okay. And I was so pissed. And I went, God dang it, I need to get into some sort of union just to get in the door. And I found out that a lot of dancers are a part of AGMA, which has an affiliation with equity. And um, because of my experience as a ballet dancer, I was able to get AGMA. Mm. And because of that, I could go at least be in the room every single time. Even though I was considered non-union, I would still be put into the group with all the equity actors and dancers. Um, and I, I mean, sure you have to pay dues for all that, but it's a whole lot better than wasting an entire day in New York. Yes. So if anybody who's listening and is a dancer or has some sort of way of, of getting an AGMA, that's one way to do it without being invited into equity. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, they also, equity does the, their, EMC program the it's where you if you're a part of that that if you are getting these theaters or projects or gigs that will correlate with that yeah you would build up points for each week of um, work that you would get and once you get to I think it's 50 uh, you're right it's been long since yeah, yeah. Uh, but I believe it's like 50 points and then you are eligible to join or the the best way if if you can get seen whether you're union or not but um if you're not union or emc if you get that that gig that requires everybody of the company to be a part of equity and then they like have to offer it to you mm-hmm. that's a great way of getting it that's actually how i got mine sure. i uh was working at the muni in st louis which has now become a really um it's pretty big now prominent prominent uh regional theater in the country um I was kind of there in its earlier transition into what it is now. And, um, because you're yeah. so old, you know, that was all uh, ancient time, you know, it's, it's been around for over a hundred years and it's shocking. No, like, I, I meant you, I meant you because oh, yes. probably- <laughs> old timer here. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, no, the summer after I graduated college, I had my first gig at the Muni there and they, uh, offer me my equity card with Shrek the musical. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. There's so many musicals that I look at and I'm like, how did that get produced? Like, I remember there was like the SpongeBob one. Oh yeah. Um, what was the Martina, uh, not Mar- uh, Margaritaville something. Came from Margaritaville, Jimmy Buffett decided yeah. to do a show about his music. <laughs> and I just went like, okay, what were the shows that weren't picked up? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> like, who, who's the one? They're like, okay, we're not, that's that, that we're going to draw a line in the sand here. We're not going to do that. Like, yeah. what is that? Like, what, what, what got put on the scrap, uh, on, on the cutting room table? I just want to know that. I, I do too. It's fascinating because there are some shows where you literally have to like 
tilt your head a little bit at yeah. like not just one but like a group of people had yeah. decided on this saying like this is a good idea cool. this will make money <laughs> at least in the broadway realm of things it's yeah. a commercial business so that they, they're aiming to try to make their money back and make a profit so yeah. it's just like and and that's huh. a, and, and, and and that's a good segue because a lot of people don't realize the business behind musical theater. Um, each show is kind of its own um, entity in terms of money making, um, and you know a lot of times people go and see a show and they only see the talent that's on the stage and they don't see the not just the people behind the scenes but the producers and the media companies and the um, contracts with theaters. And so are you familiar with any of that? Have you like had any kind of experience as a performer where it, things didn't go or things went a certain way just because of the business? Yeah. The, it, not realize? Yeah. It's, um, it totally is a business and that's why we call it the entertainment business. And yeah. sometimes we forget that um, just because those of us that are like as performers, it's a passion of ours. Like we can't think of doing anything else. So when something that is more like systematic or logistic kind of decisions being made, it might not always make sense to us at the time. Um, but yeah, th there was, there were times like, um, my, my first Broadway show was uh, the revival of On the Town back in 2014. And that show whew, has a very yeah. special place in my heart. But in terms of this, what we're talking about now, um, there were moments during our run, we ran for just shy of a year. Okay. And there was a section of our run and we were performing at the Lyric Theater, which is where the Harry Potter um, play is right now. It's the largest largest theater on Broadway in terms of seats and capacity. And for the month of like February, late January, I think that year was a crazy snowpocalypse, what we called it, it was, or like really bad conditions. And we were sometimes this, the theater can hold up to 1900 seats. There were some shows and even weeks where we were um, playing to like 400 people. So it felt very, a much different atmosphere performing in that but the difference is our producers instead of just calling up calling up uh quits right there just saying we can just close right now because i don't think we're going to get our money back they just loved the show so much they just had a personal connection to it rather seeing it as like the business side and the money uh and the numbers that they put in more money to allow us to pay the theater rent and everything so that we could continue on through the summer and hopefully make more money. So that was a, just a different way of approaching it in a business standpoint. Then there was another time with uh, American in Paris, which was my second Broadway show. Um, by the time I joined, um, I was there for, you know, several weeks, probably close to a month. And they were at the point cause they'd already been running for, a year and a half at that point. Right. And they were starting it to get into their like financials. What do we do? Do we try to stay open or do we go out on a high note and go on our own terms? Um, and they decided that they were going to close in January, but that gave us, you know, several months of notice, which is great for us as performers. Right. It's like, okay, we know we have it for this long we can also start looking for other gigs or uh, trying to look at to those opportunities. But then they weren't expecting, they were trying to see if they could get more money by announcing closing that led up to the holidays, Right. but they weren't seeing that shift that they wanted. So they actually said, just kidding, we're going to close in the end of October. Oh. So we had two closing notices like meetings with that show, but they actually were smart because when they did that, there was a huge spike in tickets because they're like, oh, we only have now several weeks to see the show, like people that hadn't seen yeah. it or what. So that's just like yeah. a decision on their end, the folks that do all of the producing and managing of it and like affecting us in a weird way. Like, oh my gosh, like, <laughs> okay, we're closing sooner than expected.
and, and, and then there's also the fact, which it hasn't happened to me necessarily in the shows I've done, but like what we are seeing more recently with um, Beetlejuice, the musical, where they've been selling great in terms of ticket sales and a following on social media and all of these things that are components of making a show like a success. But because another producer had made like, you know, behind closed doors, like um, agreements of that space with the theater owners, because that's another thing that a lot of us in the business will forget that all the Broadway theaters are owned by three different families or groups the Schubert's, the Niederlander, and oh, one more. Um, yeah, um, uh, we can look that up later. Um, <laughs> but there's three of them, and they already decided to put in the Music Man revival, which, depending on what's happening now in our day and age, I don't know when that's going to open, but they had already made this decision to put that in in the fall of this year. So they were kicking out a show that was already doing well. And that has nothing to do with the like producer's decisions or anything, because it's uh, Warner Brothers theatrical that produced it. But it was the theater owners that are actually like, we have the final say. Um, so there's, yeah, a lot of aspects to our entertainment business that sometimes we forget. <laughs> and I bet you a lot of relationships can get very sour very quickly because of certain things like that. And it's, it's, that's a very valid point because, and going back to what you said, even in auditions, like I'm seeing it so much now, but the longer that you're in the business, the smaller the world gets. And yeah. so many more, you know, so many more people. And like you're, instead of six degrees of separation, you're like one degree or you literally know this person or have met this person or done a gig. So you, you really want to tread lightly in terms of, if there does have to be a dis difficult decision made that you want to try not to, you know, cut any bridges or whatnot, because most of the time there's going to be opportunities that will bring people back together. Yeah. And that, that's also in terms of just reputation and what I try to hold myself to and hopefully many others to just try to be a, a good, good sport and do your, do your job as best you can and try to, you know, be, uh, a good work companion a good co-ho a, a, a good co-worker a good performer someone to get along with somebody that if something goes wrong on stage you know what to do they know what to do. yes it's all about it it's more of a family than anything i find that especially more in theater that it doesn't matter like where you come from or who you are or how you are you yeah. know you, 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 what really counts is how you work yeah in the exactly. that and, 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 you know, it doesn't matter what you used to be, it's what you are and how you're doing it. I think I love, I love that aspect of the, um, the theater world. Now, have you done anything other than theater? Have you branched out in doing film or some TV work or commercials or that's teaching? Yeah. You know, I, um, knock on wood, I have been very, fortunate in the theater realm that that has been very keep me yes. very busy um and i'm very grateful for that and it, it's something that i do love but i'm also um not against or i'm fascinated and would like to experience more of these things that you've asked about tv, TV film yeah. um or even voiceover work i think that's fun and fascinating oh i think um, you would do great in voiceover work i would love love that or even oh. like read read a book if, if they want me to do a audio book I'm not even opposed to that so like um that's that's why I think I definitely am in the right <laughs> uh business just because all of that fascinates me and mm -hmm. um, uh yeah so in terms of film I have yet to really dive into that in television there's actually been opportunities through theater and these Broadway shows where I've gotten to be on um, like Good Morning America and the Tony Awards and um, the Today Show and Macy's Day Parade. So like getting to see that kind of live national television kind of atmosphere while still like doing a number from a show that I, <laughs> I'm in. So I've gotten to do that. There's 
little snippets of kind of random um, things. Like I had to dance in an episode for this Hulu show that was like a reunion episode for what was like a web series, but it's all like theater people. Theater people came up with the show um, and whatnot. But like, yeah, it's hasn't gotten much into that yet, but I'm hopeful. And once uh, everything in our uh, current situation hopefully dies down and gets under control and we can get back to the swing of things that that can be something that I can explore more. more yeah, but, no, but, but even like right now is a perfect time to start thinking about, you know, voiceover or, or more audio based performing. Um, yeah, that would be, yeah, I can totally see you doing it because you're, you're also an accomplished singer. As well. Yes. That's, you know, so that's been a, uh, you know, the control. Of, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I think I don't even think you need to wait for an opportunity. I think that you can just like take a book you really like or, or some sort of dialogue that you really enjoy and just sit in, in, in your little bunker with your microphone and just make it. And that can be your demo. For sure. That's and then, and then you can go off to different agents or if there's a, what, however audition um, mm -hmm. situation, you can just be like, Oh, I also do voiceover work. I also yeah. do this thing because I developed it during quarantine and blah, 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 blah. I think that you would, you would, I think that that would be a very good thing for you. Well, thanks. Yeah. I think I'm not opposed to it at all. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I've, I've done a few uh, voiceover auditions sure. and I mean, I don't have a home studio. I don't have, you know, I'm, I'm really, it's like in my closet with a blanket over me and yeah. my USB microphone <laughs> with my phone looking at the lines as I'm doing it. Yes. it it's the funniest thing, but I mean, yeah, it, it, it's a whole other world out there, especially now that everything's all digital. It's yeah. so easy to put out content, but anyway, yeah. Yeah. Well, um, yeah. I, I think that's important to, that you said that too, because even after all of this, like there's it more than likely won't be what it was before, or like the same. So, the fact that there's so much of this even what we're doing right now this kind of digital connection that there there's going to be ways that this will be integrated into all of our uh aspects in society i think and even in the arts like i'm not sure how it's all going to unfold yet like that's kind of exciting to think about but yeah um yeah. and the fact that we have these tools uh, at our disposal with like microphones and these high uh quality laptops that we can actually try to make these things for ourselves. Cause even though some people might or might not have agents or managers, when it all comes down to it in terms of our business, it's just the, the best person that's going to look out for you is yourself. And if there's any way that you can make that happen for yourself, like learning these tools to, create a demo to collaborate with people and even making it just like, I want to do this just cause. And if it connects you to somebody else in the business, that's thinking of somebody like you for a project or whatnot. So at the end of the day, even with an agent um, that I have, I'm always trying to think like, what can I do? How can I um, get myself out there? And I'm the same way, you know, I, I have representation as an actor. Um, mm -hmm. However, there's a lot of things that um, actors need to do in order to show themselves. And it's not just, you know, waiting for the phone to ring for a producer to give you a role or something like that. You know, I, I, unless you're like, I don't know, an Academy Award winning actor, that's not going to happen for the majority of us. Mm -hmm. And for me, what, what, what's been great is just, knowing how to talk to people yes. like call on the phone or send an email or DM them on Instagram or, you know, reach out to them some other way. Like it's, it's, it's not, it's not about waiting. Mm -hmm. It's not about waiting. You, it yeah. might take you a while before an opportunity comes. Of course. But it's not about waiting. Yeah. Yeah. Trying to 
jumpstart it yourself, like whatever you can on your end to like what you can control. Cause there's so much of our business that we can't like yeah. in terms of going back to like auditioning and I, and I'm still a culprit of this. I'm always trying to help myself with this, but we'll always get in our heads of like, Oh, that could have been better. Or maybe they thought of this, but once you put yourself out there, you do your audition and leave all we can hope for is that we had enough time prior like to the notification about the audition to prepare. We go in and do what we can because we are in control of this and then we have to let it go. But there's, we still struggle mentally of like, Oh, the thoughts of like are clearly out of our control, but maybe thinking about it might affect how the outcome is or whatnot. So yeah, it's, it's a, <laughs> internal struggle i'm sure for many yeah um, do you yeah. have any audition like uh horror stories or like something you you booked mm. that you did that you thought you did terrible in the audition like do you have a story <laughs> um well i mean for <laughs> all of us the word no or the not hearing anything and just not getting the gig is a lot more constant even yeah. for someone like me who has been very lucky um, but one that comes to mind was there was an audition for, gosh, I'm forgetting what the show like was called, but some sort of, um, jukebox type of musical like songs from a band, a British band, but not the Beatles. Um, Rolling Stones. Mm -mm. Uh, it was monkeys. The, the song, um, woke up this morning something tells me i'm into something good um that song something tells me i'm into something good whoever that band was um, <laughs> anyway so i get this like material and it's like five songs six different scenes and it's all i get it you know two days before the audition naturally and I get there and I try to be as familiar as I can. And I, I start with one song and they're like, oh, then sing this song as well. And it was probably like the least one I looked at. So I had to like go over to the piano and look over the guy's shoulder to like <laughs> kind of figure out where I was and kind of sight read. Yeah. And all of those five or six scenes, um, I was, they said, get familiar with all of them. And then I was like, prepared to have them tell me like, we want you to read the scene for us. And it's like, okay, at least that's not my decision and I'll just go for it. And then they go, which, which scene would you like to read? Which one do you feel most connected to? And I was like, I was trying to get familiar with all of them. So I don't have one that I feel really pow like powerfully about. So it's like, I guess this one. And, uh, oh God, it was just such a nightmare. Eeny, meeny, miny, moe. <laughs> yeah. And, it was, you know, the notorious, oh, no. those of us in an audition room, like after that, just like. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Uh, thanks so much. And just darted out of that room as fast as I could. Oh my God. I re yeah. yeah. I mean, we've <laughs> all had one of those auditions where they ask so much and you have, they're so vague about what they actually want you to do in the room. Yeah. Yeah. I, I remember I did a, um, um, it's actually in a pre. Uh, it's actually in post production right now. It's a. It's. Um, I don't know if I can say what it what, what the name is. Um, oh, but but it's a uh, it's a Netflix series that's supposed to come out. It's called Tiny Pretty Things. Oh yes. Um, yeah yeah I uh, I, and th and this was when I was first like really pivoting to acting. So I didn't really have much of an agent i didn't have like a like a resume with with it really any sort of film credits i didn't have a whole uh, even like a reel i didn't have a reel i had myself sure. dancing um and i had all those materials and for some reason the uh and, and anyway my, my stuff got put on the desk of a, the producer and the person that i was that i was in contact with she just said oh why don't you make um, self-tapes for these three characters? Now, mm -hmm. each character had two to three scenes, mm -hmm. um, each like five minutes long, so like long scenes for a self-tape. 
plus they wanted me to um, put together uh, a very specific dance reel, very like of specific combinations. Mm-hmm. And it, it was maybe like a 10 minute long, basically an entire class. But like they wanted the right kind of music with the right tempo and you know these you know certain ballet steps right and they gave me a week (laughs) and i was like who do you think you are like but then i was like all right you know this is not you know this is just you just drop everything make it work i was able to like rent out a studio for a cup for like an hour or two Mm -hmm. with my boom box and i did the thing and I went to my acting coach. I was like, I need your help. Help me now. And I remember like staying up and for a couple days, learning all these lines. I get it all done. I, you know, put it all together. I send it out. And then I hear nothing. Yeah. <laughs> and I went, oh, okay. So this is what it is. And, and it was like, this was maybe like one of my first things of like a real, like a serious role that I right. got, you know, like invited to. And I went, oh, so no feedback, nothing. Mm-hmm. Now, as I'm more into it, I realized maybe I didn't get feedback because I didn't have an agent. So there was no way of really communicating with me. Also, you, <laughs> even though I was reading for three people, one person had a Southern accent and the other person was French. So I had to kind of, have two different accents plus a third role so it was like i had to have this huge range to start with and maybe they were like yo even though we might like this kid he doesn't have any experience Mm. so we're not so we're not even gonna ask him to come in oh god you know it's it's it's, and so one of those things where it was like you did something and you feel like you put all this work in and then nothing happens i know (laughs) Uh, it's it it really is a tough business yeah it's what it is i know yeah yeah like i said you just all we can hope for is that we do have one enough time to have to prep for and naturally like of course it's always feels like it's last minute or i uh what was it one of my more recent auditions um before everything shut down was I got a notification for um, a final callback for something. It was a day and a half prior and I was already scheduled to be out of town. I was actually here and I had to first they asked if I could like go in another day because I was scheduled to be here through the weekend. This was like on a Tuesday evening and the final callback was on Thursday. Mm. And they're like, well, this is the final callback. They want everybody there. The whole team's going to be there. I was like, okay. So I bought these like last minute flights. This was uh, pre-COVID-19. So those uh, airline tickets were a little expensive. Um, and made it back and did the audition. And the audition itself actually was really enjoyable because it involved everybody that they were considering for this show. Mm. And multiple age ranges so we got to see like even younger kids dance and then the the adults and it was just really fun um and then come to find out like even after this investment of going in and all of that they're just like and it's not going your way (laughs) it's like oh and i known that i would not have spent all that money on those flights (laughs) like uh so sometimes we win some and we lose some in that regard even financially so yeah it's um, but we just press on i guess yeah <laughs> you have to and it's just you know it's one of those things like you said there's so much out of our control yep like we have we don't understand or like even though we might understand all the different levels and all the different decisions that have to be made um yeah there, there there's times in which you might be right for the role but the money might go elsewhere or the decision with the producer is like, Oh, we want that to be a female role Mm -hmm. or something like that. I remember I read for a, for a show and you know, it was a couple months afterwards that the show came out and I was able to look up who my role went to and it was for a female. Oh, wow. (laughs) And I was like, Oh, that 
I can't compete with that. Like, clearly just, not meant to be. <laughs> it's not, not meant to be. And 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 it was. It's just odd that you know sometimes we realize that maybe casting directors or producers or the directors don't even know concretely what the show's going to be or who they're going to cast or who they want. You have to come into the room and give them something that right. can spark an idea. Yeah. Yeah. Another thing that I kind of learned as I time went on was that a lot of people put a lot of the kind of focus or the attention on the casting directors themselves, which mm -hmm. their role is important in terms of the whole process. Absolutely. You have to search the talent and then they decipher who they think what the parameters that they've been given to push them on into the next step in front of the whole team. But for those of us that do make it to those final stages of the audition process, a lot of people will still think like, or they will still think that the casting director is involved in that decision-making at that point. And when I come to realize is that actually at that point, it's out of their hands. Like they, they did their part, which was seeing you at the beginning of the process. And it's like, here, we found, we found you and we're going to put you in front of the, the team. And then it's the team's decision. And mm -hmm. I find that fascinating. Even to this day, I'll still hear people say like, I don't know what the, folks at Telsey or at Tara Rubin, like I, I thought we had a strong connection in those early things and I don't know why it didn't go my way. I thought they were rooting for me and yeah. they could, they very well could like say like, I, they've been so consistent in all these calls. I know them from this show that I cast them in and they're great, but it literally comes down to that team. And I'd even say if all of the, the director, choreographer, um, all of them are like for this one person, they're like, we just really like him. But if the producer, the, the guy with the money, the guy or girl with the money, the suits, um, they, I think will always have the final say. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, especially when you're talking about bigger um, shows in which millions of dollars are at stake. Yes. You know, then that, then it's really kind of, it's all about the money and the budget. I mean, there's always budget. There's always a budget that you have to be worried about. But there comes a point in which, you know, okay, this is a huge product, production and we can't just give these roles out to whomever we like. Hmm. You know, we can like somebody as, you know, they might be great and they might look the part and act the part and do other stuff. But we have this other person who has a more established resume or who just has more credits or just, you know, who's been in the or business longer or a bigger name so that we can sell more tickets or like just there's so many factors that they yeah. can, you know, yeah. Have to yeah. yeah. And, and so there's so much out of our hands, which is unfortunate, but at the same time, it's, you know, it, 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 it really makes us wonder why anybody does what they do. You know, like, why do we keep going with this? And it's because we love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, that's what it all comes down to. <laughs> what do we do for love? As they say in chorus line. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I know we touched on some things like that, but I always, want, I always have to ask my guests these, these two questions. And the first one is, if there's one thing that you could change about the industry, you know, with, with, without saying anything that might, you know, hurt, you or somebody else or throw anyone on the bus like what is one aspect of it that you wish could be like tweaked slightly so that it could be better um it's a hard I, question i know no that's and it's a great question i uh i guess i would just i'd love if and there's so many so many hours in the day and i get that they have to try to make it work but it really does, like hearing it earlier in our conversation, it just really um, bums me out hearing about all of these stories. And I have several friends from college and whatnot that like they, the part of the process of getting involved in these shows is getting seen. Yeah. And I just, I would love it if there was some sort of way, granted, like you always set up the appointments for people that are in the union 
But if they had a separate day or two days uh, or making that process where there theoretically could be more people that are not in the union, but just to have the option to be seen and at least say like, this is what, this is who I am and this is what I've got. Um, I would just love if that was something that would just be the norm rather than so many people that, and going, jumping through leaps and bounds of things like, I think they're starting to address it now. I'm hearing inklings about trying to do digital signups. Um, but the back in the day when people had to get up before the sun rose in the morning to just try to get to these audition studios like Pearl Studios or Ripley Greer and been there. Yep. Get there sooner so that they can be earlier on the list in case they even get to that list with the amount of equity people that are seen. Um, yeah, I just, I would love if everybody just was given an opportunity to be seen. Yeah. I think that would be a lovely thing to change or improve. <laughs> I remember cause I'm, I'm lucky enough to have a family member who lives in Manhattan mm -hmm. that I remember I, I went to an audition and I think the call time was 10 when they were going to start. But I remember I got there at 6 a.m. My name on the list. Just so that I was in line to put myself on the list. Yep. Um, I got seen that day, but I think that was only because I was like number five <laughs> of the, of the non-union list. And they were yep. like, all right, we'll just... Um, mm -hmm. But still, like, yeah, that would be... Especially for musical theater, that would be a great thing. Just to be able just to see somebody who because a lot of times there's some great talent in the non-union aspect that you can actually bring in for a much lower like pay rate just because mm -hmm. they're union you know mm -hmm. not, not every contract has to be union um right yeah so now now the other side of the other question is what's one thing that you, you love about what you do I love the variety of what we do. It literally, there'll be days when I'm a dancing sailor in the 1940s <laughs> running around New York City, or I will be uh, an Oompa Loompa in Willy Wonka's Chocolate Factory, or <laughs> just like, there's so many stories to tell. Yes. When it comes down to it, were storytellers and that goes almost uh, primal of us as human beings. It goes back so far, like that was the way that we would communicate and connect. And I think that's, whether people know it or not, like that's something that's just embedded in us. So the fact that I get to be a part of that world that is still bringing stories and bringing stories to life, no less, not yeah. just through words, um, I find very thrilling and, um, in particular with theater, with a lot of the stuff that I've done professionally so far, just that there really isn't anything like live theater with that immediate connection and response of people sitting in a theater watching you do what you do. And um, there's, I'm, I love that it's happening now in at least New York City, I hope it's spreading, but the what every night, I think at 7 p.m., um, Manhattan, a lot of people go out and clap at seven for the medical workers and people yeah. that are on the front lines right now. But um, I've had, you know, little side chats with people that, and colleagues and friends that just during bow sequences, like when we are done with our day of work, it's just like, this is not a bad thing at all. Like uh, not everybody that does their work and does it well has hundreds or thousands of people like, and if <laughs> we're lucky, we'll get up off their feet and truly like applaud you for your work. And that that's, it's a really cool thing to experience. Very nice. Now, as you were talking, I just had to ask this question. Is there a show that you really want to be on that you haven't been done yet? Mm. Um, well, in the current lineup of shows that are 
either in the works or um, about to come in. I don't know. I, I feel like um, I resonate well with the the classic or the old school type of shows. Nothing against the newer or more contemporary shows, and I love going to them. And if people think I can be right for them, like I will not say no. I'll happily take it on. But I do have a particular love for classics and revivals, older shows, yeah. MGM style, like the movie musicals, if any of those are on stage. Um, so at least in the shows that were up and coming or about to happen, like Music Man, I really resonate with. Like that would be a show I'd love to be. I think that was my first musical I ever saw. Really? I really think that was my first musical. Well. First Broadway musical for sure. I know that. Yeah. My first Broadway show was Lion King, actually. Oh. That was when it was still at the New Amsterdam Theater, the theater that Disney yeah. owned. But that's where Aladdin, the musical, is now. They transferred Lion King to um, another theater that, where they've totally decked it out and made it permanent because that's also one of those government jobs that we t- <laughs> people talk about. It's not going anywhere. Um, but yeah. Uh, Music Man. That, music man in that regard but in terms of like parts and things that I dream of wanting to do someday um one that really immediately comes to mind is heavily inspired uh by the original man who did it but also seeing it on Broadway but I'd love to do um Bert and Mary Poppins one day oh a mixture of um I I'm a Disney boy. I love Disney stuff. So um, that, but he's a tapper. He uh, has such a kind of positive yeah. like, part to him. And he oh, also wow. narrator of the show. So he breaks the fourth wall. Mm-hmm. He tap dances on this. Oh, that's a spoiler. <laughs> People don't know the show. Um, he does a really cool trick in Step in Time. Um, but yeah, like that would be a really fun because I... Of course, would love to take on any challenge of any type of role, but I do have a personal love being a dancer at the beginning to do song and dance man type of roles. Yeah. So that's one. And then another one, again, inspired by the guy who did it originally in the film, um, but the Scarecrow and the Wizard of Oz, which is also very like movement like you have to have such control of, even though it looks all kind of loose and goosey, I would just love to dive into that and to figure out my version of how to move like that. And the, the story is such a timeless classic, so. Amazing. And those are all good roles for you too. <laughs> Yay! So yeah. anyone, anyone watching or listening, if you're thinking of producing <laughs> either of those shows, this is all just a ploy just to get you those roles. That's all this is for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> for me, for me, I probably want to do, um, I love Book of Mormon. Yeah. I could do Book of Mormon. I, I would love yeah. it. Yeah. I do love the classics, but Book of Mormon just is just, uh, Oh, that's perfect for you. That, that's, that's, that's Hello. A, Ding dong. Hello. <laughs> um, yeah. So, before we go, if you could give advice either to seasoned actors, performers, or people just starting off, or even if you want to talk to a younger you, mm-hmm. what would you say? Uh, I, it's funny. I should expect like a question like this to pop up, and it's always, <laughs> what I say? Or what are kind of words of wisdom or advice? Um, I would, I would say, first of all, in our current climate, Mm -hmm. um, to not lose hope, we, uh, what we do um, ignites hope (laughs) because it allows people to escape. (laughs) Um, So people, especially now, know how important, at least I hope they do, Um, know the importance of the arts and how much it's integrated into our lives as a society and also just as human beings, again, storytellers. 
um, and that we need it. And so many people, Netflix, like you said earlier, like is <laughs> booming right now. Yeah. There's people want to find a way to be entertained. And um, so it's, it's not going to go away, even though it seems like when is it happening again? Uh, it will come back. It might have evolved in some way, um, but it'll be there. Um, I would say to the, I would, for a younger version of me, get ready. You have no idea what's in store because <laughs> <laughs> I would always, uh, you know, try to have some dreams of like what could be, or I, I always had a vis vivid imagination growing up. So I, it makes sense that I'm in this business. As did I. Um, but yes, yeah. but um, I never would have imagined or expected what has transpired for me in this world of theater so far and what we'll hopefully continue to do. Like I still have no clue what's in store, but I'm excited for it. Um, so no matter what, just keep, keep going on. Um, and I guess in general, and even folks that do do it or would like to do it, um, like I mentioned earlier, the, the world, the entertainment business world gets smaller and smaller every day, the longer you're in it. So the fact that you want to work on anything that can make you um, a really good coworker, try to show up, do your thing, you know, working hard, being a, a good hang, so to speak, somebody that people would enjoy collaborating with is a huge yeah. deal. And just trying to, you know, keep that reputation of somebody that's like that guy or that gal. They're just always such a joy. Yeah. And that's a, it'll take you far in any, in any line of work, but especially in, in this. So, yeah, keep doing what you're doing. And we've given this precious gift of time in these isolation quarantine times that, and I get it, I've, I've witnessed people and friends and colleagues that almost feel like, do I have to use this time to make something or create? And, and I get that, like there's times here being at home that I just love almost the I like describing it as this like stillness where I'm just literally present with my family and that's important too and time of reflection. And then I'll also get these waves of, all right, what can I create? What's going to be the next thing after like, how can I do this? Or, Oh, I'd love to collaborate with this person. And, and like, so there's that too. And then there's, if you're um, not uh as confident in a skill like right now is the perfect time to just practice on it. And there's so many virtual aspects now with online dance classes and, or if you want to work on your voice or work on creating your own demo reel and like there's ways so that you can be productive and as marketable as you can. And I firmly believe in that. When I was in college, I took as many classes as I could. I took group piano for an extra semester just so that I was better familiar with music. And um, like sight reading and things, I still am not all that good, but <laughs> um, that will just make yourself as marketable as you can for people that are in positions of offering pro roles and projects to you. So that was a lot. I feel that like was, I just spewed out so much and I don't know if it all beautiful. went into a cohesive thought, if it was all over the place, but... And <laughs> Documented somewhere here that people can look back and be like, okay, that makes sense if you play it. <laughs> and even if it wasn't cohesive, it was, you, you put it out there. Like, it, like you just did it. So, um, I, I really appreciate you taking some time. Um, I, I know that you have an incredibly busy schedule just hanging out at home oh, all the time. So busy. <laughs> Don't we all? Oh, God. But uh, yeah, all the best. I hope that you're on stage soon. I hope that you get to, you know, go into those different avenues that you've been thinking about 
that we've talked a little bit about. Hope so. Um, and yeah, all the best and uh, stay safe out there. Thank you. You too. This was such a joy. I, I really was looking forward to chatting, chatting with you about all this and yeah. Well, and I really uh, think that people got some good, good, good energy from this. So yeah. yeah. Thanks again. Thanks again. Absolutely. Yeah. Hey guys, thanks so much for listening to the podcast. If you got any value from this, please share with a friend and make sure to subscribe so you can listen to every new episode. All right, have a great day.